Blog Talk Radio. Listen to their struggles as they turn them into triumphs. In a city full of challenges, they only search for victory, and nothing will hold them back. These are their stories, so sit back, relax, and welcome to their city. Wrestle City Radio. And hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Bustle City Radio. We're back after a one-week hiatus. Happy Day to all everyone that's tuning in to us today. Uh, you know, let's all remember all our fighting soldiers, all of our great people serving in the military, uh, whether it was from the Vietnam War to World War II to World War One. Uh, everyone, let's all remember the right way. Uh, Memorial Day, that's what's made for, not for barbecues, not for anything else, but to remember all those who have fallen fighting for the country and our hats tip off to those great men and women of the services uh, that serve for the United States, of course, across the ocean and around the world. So, guys, again, welcome to Russell City Radio. I am your host, George Alonzo. We're going to talk a couple things here today. I have another special guest co-host that should be calling in any second now. Oh, there he is. Uh, But basically, we have a special guest. So you uh, hang up on me. Wait, wait, wait. Georgie, Georgie, Georgie. Wait, wait, time out. Time time out. The law isn't cheap, but the law delivers. Are you trying to bankrupt us? This man is a four-inches deal. Let me this girl's right last time. Let me see if you can spend another hour for a Let's get on with what's going to be another lawful show. <laughs> anyway, welcome back, Ray. Uh, Paul Ray Ramundo. And he just disconnected from nowhere. Uh, he, he'll be back. But, uh, but basically, guys, welcome to another great edition of Russell City Radio. Uh, we're going to have a major, major, major lineup here for you. Uh, coming in here.
Hello, Ray Ramundo. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. You deny the people the wall again, George. You do not understand that the people need this man right here. No, it just looks like Blockhouse. Well, it it looks like not only does Russell City not have enough money for you, but that Blog Talk Radio doesn't even make enough money per month to hold your. <laughs> That's what it looks I like. I understand that my prices are that high, but come on, you call in, you're wasting the lowest time at the moment that could be deciding cases that are going to affect society. But no, I'm here. I have clients waiting. Well, come on, let's get on to this. Amazing show because now that I'm here, it's going to be amazing. Uh, and I apologize for the little, you know, inconvenience. As a again, is our server, uh, you know, and technically sometimes it, it's like, sometimes it, it's like PMS. Sometimes you have it, sometimes you don't. It's, so it, it is what it is. And on top of that, that's not what makes us real. That's what makes us real, uh, Mr. Ramundo. The fact that we are live on the air. We're not pre-recorded. We're not, you know, we don't uh, pre-record anything here. We are live as it is. You get what it is. You see the mistake. You see our brothers. You see our professionalism. You see everything. That's real we are here on Russell Radio. Uh, going to that, let's also talk about today's show. We're going to be talking a lot about, of course, WWE Raw, the May Young Classic Tournament that they just brought up, NXT. They, we just had an amazing NXT TakeOver Chicago. And, uh, of course, we have special guests uh, on the show. The Black Diamond, Ivory Robin, will be here. The Elevate Pro's first women's champion will be here, and someone that you're very familiar with, and someone you might be afraid of, uh, Raymundo. I'm talking about the woman of honor, Jesse Brooks. I don't think you want to mess with Bonesaw. Um, George, have you met the law? <laughs> the law has courage. <laughs> the law doesn't need to be afraid. You, on the other hand, I have no one, so you might be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see when the time comes. How about that one, huh? But guys, we have a fantastic show lined up for you, like a mega show. Because again, last week we were off the air, so we're bringing you two guests here this week. Um, last week we had a little family emergency that I had to deal with, so we had to cancel, um, of course, Marty the Moth, but we have rescheduled him for August, uh, so stay tuned on that. And uh, he will be on here at Thomas. So Marty the Moth will be here in August. Now, also, like, let's stop talking about this. Let's start talking a little bit about something that I know has been to talk about. You and I, I'm talking about Ray Ramundo, is the UK Championship at NXT Chicago. Like, last time you were on the air, yeah, last time you were on the air with me, you and I talked about the UK division and the UK Championship, and by far, they stole the show NXT TakeOver Chicago. Raimundo, I know you have probably plenty to say. What, what do you have on mind? So, 
UK Championship. What a match. Just for those that got to see the UK special that Friday night, that was already a plethora of action, seeing guys like Joe Coff, seeing guys like uh, Joseph Connors. We had Wolfgang. They promised Jordan Devlin, but Devlin did not show that night. Weird. But we had such an amazing Friday night show. To then, at the pay-per-view, Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne stealing the show with their championship match, that to me, I told you that on the previous Wrestle City Radio that they would steal the show, and they might as well have just made it a UK special for that night as well, because the UK took over, the United Kingdom is taking over all wrestling at the moment, and I see why, because those two could tell a story for those 20 minutes that that match was on for, it told everything. What do you think, George? How was well, that to you? No. Literally, I, when I was starting to watch Pete Dunne versus uh, Tyler Bate, I'm there like, huh, you know, they're going to give us a good, like, those memorable matches. Not like, hey, we're, you're going to knock me off my chair and, and say it's a match of the night type match because, and that's what ended up happening. I just thought they were going to give us something to remember. But golly, they gave us something to remember. They gave us something that knocked us off our seats. They gave us something that is the match of the night. They gave us emotion. They gave us everything. And Ramundo, if you recall all the that these two young men put in when it came to going into the to the match, saying that this is their dream. This is where they, they are practicing. They went in the biggest arenas they've ever wrestled in front of, okay? I think uh, not saying that they've never wrestled in front of such a big crowd, but this was basically like that big step forward for all UK for the entire country of the United Kingdom, for the entire country of Europe for the fact that they actually did, you know, that they went out to wrestle at NXT Chicago for the biggest company in the world of the WWE slash NXT and steal the show. If this was not something that you could say, hey, they made a point, they made a point for WWE fans, for United States fans, for Japanese fans, for anyone to say, I now got to tune in to the United Kingdom. That was, listen, that message was sent. And NXT Chicago. So I have to give Definitely. a big, yeah, I have to give a big round of to both Pete Dunne and, of course, uh, it, it, Tyler Bay because that match was absolutely phenomenal. What still puts so, me on my feet is that Tyler Bay is my age. The law is still young at heart, and we are the same age to think that he's stepping into the squared circle. I need to start charging more because I need to get to Vince McMahon's paycheck. <laughs> but but that's the but that's the thing, Ramundo. You a great point. He is nine. He's nineteen years old, if I'm correct, right? Yes, he is. Okay. Basically, uh, when it comes to to uh, to his nineteen years old, that is even before his prime. Okay, and look at him already. He's already stealing shows back and forth, back and forth. 
Now what's going to happen when he does reach his prime, when he does meet his veteran status in the wrestling business? What in God's name matches will he be delivering then? <laughs> That's the same question people ask about a guy like Adam Cole. Because Adam Cole, in such a short time, he's been a three-time ROH champion. These guys that are doing it at such a young age, when they make it to their prime, they'll be bona fide Hall of Famers already. And this is when they should be thinking what? about finally stepping into the squared circle. But now, at that age, they're going to be ready to just step into a Hall of Fame class. Yep. So, no, uh-huh. and, and, but that's what I'm, but, but that's what I'm, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like, I understand that you're mentioning Adam Cole, but look at what Adam Cole did. Adam Cole started with Kyle Wright, and he was before his prime, okay? And he was doing good. He was stealing shows. A lot of people were chanting, this is awesome, this is awesome. And fast forward a couple of years, now the guy is like literally the number one free agent in the independence. So what's going to happen <laughs> with Tiger if he reaches that point? <laughs> exactly. Oh, exactly. God. It's, it's, it's speechless. It leaves you speechless because to think Tyler Bates, not even is he a a hot agent right now, he's in the WWE spectrum already. Being in the UK division, yep. he's already there, though. Adam Cole, he's done all this in the independence, starting, like you mentioned, as a member of Future Shock with Kyle O'Reilly, but Adam Cole hasn't made it to the E yet. He's an agent right now. You never know. We thought at Chicago, most likely, Adam Cole would make it, but who knows? The biggest party of the summer is coming up this August in the lovely New York City that I'll be attending, could Adam Cole show up then? Because Tyler Bate doesn't have to worry right now. The only thing Tyler Bate has to think, will WWE transfer the UK to the main roster? But Tyler Bate's in. Now, with Adam Cole, that's another story. Well, you know, I I still, my opinion still stands as that when you and I talked, Ramundo, a couple weeks ago, how to elevate the cruiserweight division and also the UK. I feel like they should X the 205 live show, as we all know, is having issues, and just combine it with the UK show that's about to debut on the network. So they, they did phenomenal for that Friday show that they did. Yeah, having a show like that, that it was, it was both UK roster and the cruiserweights, it worked because most of the guys, most of the cruiserweights are indie guys. So those, those are guys that have been to the U.K., been to Japan, so those matches work. It doesn't have to be, just because it's the U.K. brand, it doesn't have to necessarily be just United Kingdom athletes. It could continue mixing in the cruiserweights. That way it's not as much of a died-out roster. Like with 205, that's what was getting a lot of people disconcerned of watching it. They didn't, they weren't, there was no interest because they were staying the same guys after a SmackDown. Take it into the UK. The UK fans are going to be amazed with whatever they see. Seeing matches of Brian Kendrick, Akira Tozawa, Cedric Alexander, TJP. TJ Perkins actually got a reaction at a UK show more than he has on a Monday Night Raw. So it's like, well, yeah. that's what shows you how much they need right now to maybe kill that 205, keep the Cruiserweight title, but take it to the UK. Have that UK show have not only the world UK title, but also the two the two hundred five cruiserweight title because not most of those 
your the UK guys, they aren't that heavier than 205. Maybe Wolfgang, he's a looks like he's a little more than 205, but still, it's like you have that roster that can build for both titles. Yeah, agreed. And 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 also, let me kind of switch, uh, you know, uh, gears here for a second because now that we're talking about hot talents and and great divisions, let's talk about the division as the women's division also is about to explode now with the newly uh, announced May oh, Young Classic. Classic. Yeah, with you, Ramundo, I feel like there's no one better than to name the tournament after that May Young as she helped out a lot of the young athletes that you see on the on TV right now. Inspired a lot of them. Um, Definitely. The May Young it couldn't be any better. Yeah. It couldn't be any better to get it named after her. Exactly, and I'm very proud to hear that. But mind you, there's like I'm gonna say this with the names, the rumored names that we've heard going into this tournament. I already am gonna put my foot down and say either Kyrie Hojo or Io Shirai will be in the finals, if not both. Now that's the thing we've seen with WWE those big names that people already expected to be in the end usually aren't anymore. So I'm looking at maybe that surprising entrant. She will probably be the one to make it to the final, maybe even win it. Because look what they did with the Cruiserweights. Everyone expected the main event match was going to be Zach Sabre Jr. versus Kota Ibushi. So I see them, if they're going to follow that same route with this kind of big tournament, they'll probably do the same. So it's going to be someone out of nowhere. Maybe even, I was going to even say, maybe Candice LeRae. Because she's most likely making it to NXT, having Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae. I see them going that route. Yeah. No, yeah, I, like you. That's another good point. Thank you very much for bringing that up. Uh, like when, when it comes to Candice LeRae, I actually see that happening because it, if you haven't noticed, Candice is actually uh, kind of interacting more with the WWE Universe ever since Johnny Gargano uh, injury. So basically, like what I'm saying is, is Candace kind of like cluing or giving fans, hey, I've signed or because this, what I'm already going to say this, uh, Ramundo, it's obvious from this point on that basically people are going to assume that they're going to do the same thing that they did with the Cruiserweight Classic, and that is that they're signing these guys, that they're signing these Cruiserweights just like they signed the women, like, is, are, are people already going to start assuming that they're going to sign all these women? Well, not all, but mm. you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, because, you know, there are already those few, like, Kimberly is definitely in it. They're going to have Ruby Riot. They're going to have those that are already established somewhat in NXT, that they've already made their mark, like Candice LeRae yeah. in the Battle Royal. It's like those certain few that are going to be those veterans in it, I see them at least also doing what they did in the Cruiserweight, bringing back a name. Like, Tajiri was that veteran in the Cruiserweight. I see them bringing someone in, and that may be a shocker because a lot of the women that are being named to, bring, to be brought back, like a Kelly Kelly or a Barbie Blank, whatever you want to name her, a Eve Torres, the names are endless. And this tournament is going to be something that's very serious because that's why they named it after the great Mae Young, because the women's division now in wrestling has grown in the independence in the WWE, 
no matter where you see it, women are actually doing, if not more than the men nowadays, which is a great thing to see how wrestling has evolved, and now it's more of a serious note. That, he, But sadly, with the name of the tournament, those were those few jokes of, is the winner going to get a hand? But still, this is a very yep. serious tournament. <laughs> like uh, that no, joke circled around the moment they announced May Young. Goes, <laughs> Wait, is the winner going to get the hand? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, well, we'll see. Like, time will tell. Time will tell. But we'll definitely uh, talking about this about the May Young Classic with our guests here today because who knows if they might even be in the tournament. You know, I would love to see someone like Jesse Bonesaw Brooks in that. God knows how many people feel German suplex in that tournament. Just saying. Oh, I would hold my neck, <laughs> table. Hold the neck. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's go ahead Germans and not just... <laughs> Well, now that, like I said, now that uh, we're talking about Jesse Bonesaw Brooks, let's go ahead and reach out to her as our call. Uh, should I be wearing the neck brace for this case, Ramundo? Uh, like I said, I'm not worried. You should be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and give a call to Jesse Bonesaw Brooks, part of the Women of Honor division in Ring of Honor, and also one of the toughest women in the business today. Hello? Uh, hello, Ms. Brooks? Yes. Hi, Ms. Brooks. Uh, you're on the air on Russell City Radio with George and, of course, the Law of Ray Ramundo. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I cannot complain. I cannot complain just talking about the Make uh, Young Classic and how, like, if you were ever entered in that tournament, how people would be uh, watching out for their necks and Ray Ramundo over here telling me to, to watch out for my neck around you. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I, I don't know uh, if I should be wearing a neck brace right now or not. Uh, uh, a lot of people have warned me about how you know how vicious your German suplexes can be. A lot of people even say Akira Tozawa is, is no, no, uh, not to take any credit from him because his Germans are beautiful. They say that you're actually giving him competition when it comes to German suplex. Oh, that's well, that's a compliment. That's a huge compliment. Yeah, these duplexes are amazing. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, let's start talking a little bit uh, about your wrestling career, Ms. Brooks. You know, uh, again, just like every average person that enters the business, you were a wrestling fan growing up. Uh, you know, of course, you, you watched it. Then all of a sudden you said, hey, let's, mm-hmm. let's do some training. Uh, what got you, like, I feel like you said in another interview that the Attitude Era is what got you hooked, if I'm correct, right? Yes, yes, definitely. Because um, that's around the time when uh, they had all the amazing women there, like Victoria, Molly Holly, uh, Lita, Trish Status, Gail. All of those were, like, really drew me in. And then as well as the other matches they were having at the time, was just uh, the storytelling is the thing that really got me in at that time. Yeah, the the storytelling during that Attitude Era was amazing. But, you know, with now with Ms. Brooks, with the women's division or women wrestling as a whole creating a revolution all on its own, you know, of course, now women can be part of these said stories that 
yourself fell in love with when you grew up watching pro wrestling before you even became an active worker. So how does how does how do you feel now that the one thing that you while growing up into this business is now something that you can actually be part of with the revolution? Um, it's a great feeling. Um, because the that era of the, the attitude era that had those women in it lasted for a little bit, but then like once that dropped out, they kind of lacked on the women's division. And then when Ronda Rousey came in and she was doing her thing in MMA, I think it kind of like trickled down into the independence and also went to WWE. And I think that's when people started realizing that, you know, women can draw and they also have talent and they can put on a show just like the guys. So it's, it's a great thing to be involved in right now. Um, and I see, like, it's just going everywhere now. Every, like, there's companies having their um, women main events, um, things like that, which yep. is awesome. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like, well, it's well, definitely... Well, if you don't mind Sorry, asking, you guys... Bruce, no, no, no. You, you were mentioning how, like, so many other companies, like how you were uh, one of your current employers... Uh, Ring of Honor, you're part of the Women of Honor division. Uh, you know, you've also wrestled all over the United States, uh, making history. We will be talking about a little later with Ray Ramundo, uh, talking about your, your big accomplishments in New York. But also, like, <laughs> the women's, like, like, like you were saying, the, the women's revolution has kind of opened the door to many women to now main event and now be considered as equal to. Whereas back then, like during the Attitude Era, you, you had your handful of great athletes, like the Lita's, the Tristratus's, the Italians, uh, mm-hmm. but you also had the other handful of like the, the Terry Runnels, the uh, Tory Wilson, yeah. that you needed that sex appeal, per se. So tell us, in your opinion, the, your opinion on the how women have evolutionized themselves, in your case, from then to now. You said your question was how it's changed from then? Yeah, from then to now. Well, I think definitely now uh, women are more respected in uh, terms of wrestling. I feel like, um, I don't know the right word for it, but I feel like people are more willing to put, to go see a woman's match or you know, to have more women's matches on their shows or even put an entire woman's show on, you know. Um, whereas before, they would, you know, do one match per show or something like that. But I feel like since there has been a consistency in, like, proving ourselves, I think that has definitely changed it to where it's people are more willing to respect it and more willing to see it and, you know, things like that. Now, now, mind you, your your style your style is not the one of flashy and all that stuff. You you actually are into the strong style, like you actually like to be hit or get or start to hit. You know, you're not. Yeah. You don't pull your punches. Is what I'm trying to say. You you're not afraid. Yeah. Of no. Punches. <laughs> so, no. I've, I've seen your matches, Jesse. I'm like, oh my, God, a woman could take a hit. How the hell is she still standing? <laughs> did, did you 
did you ever have any MMA background? Like, did you ever train in MMA to, to even put up with it? Because, golly, woman, like, I, I have to applaud you for your, your style. Thank you. Um, before wrestling, I've done kickboxing and a little bit of Muay Thai, but not too much. Um, I did a little bit more kickboxing of, like, you know, I did that, but it wasn't, like, anything else. Right now I'm doing Wing Chun, though, and um, I'm looking into doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu with Sumi Sakai, actually, so that should be fun. <laughs> well, that, my God. <laughs> uh, like, it, it, we, like I said, Ray Ramundo and I were just mentioning, like, hey, if you ever get interested, because I know they're still looking for talent out there. I think they were actually uh, trying to attempt to sign Viper into the tournament. But if they ever decide, hey, let's get Jesse Bolso Brooks, my God, they're, they're not going <laughs> to. I, I hope you can put in there with someone like Candace that could take a hit just like as you or a Kyrie Rojo or, or Io Shirai. So I, I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. Because Io Shirai was amazing. Yeah, like Io Shirai is one of those girls that, like, she's like you in, to compare apples to oranges. Like she's like you. She does. She will take a hit. When it's time for you to for her to hit back, she will hit you. And, and that's yeah. exactly that's exactly how you work. And as a matter of fact, one of the people that mentored you in in a way to show that you didn't need that flash was Taz. You know how did that yeah. like? It, inspire you because Taz was one of those guys that's like, hey, I'm going to go in that ring and I'm going to drop you on your head. So, yeah. so completely different from women's wrestling. How did that work with you? Um, I don't. It's just something about watching him that like. This, watching the different suplexes he did and that it was something different at the time because I saw nobody else doing it. That really stuck with me and like that definitely influenced the way I wrestle now. Um, it was just different at the time, and it was just like, that's something I definitely want I want to do. I want to stand out. I also love doing suplexes, so I think the combination of that kind of led to, led to this. And then it was a combination of other influences, too, like Eddie Guerrero, uh, William Regal, Randy Savage, Brian Danielson, um, Victoria. So, yeah. Well, for the record, uh, you know, again, you're you're not about that flashiness, but like I'm just gonna start calling. I know you have the bone sock uh, nickname, but you know, Taz was the <laughs> human suplex machine. You're the woman suplex machine. So, <laughs> there, uh, like, have you ever had a situation? And this is a, like just a little fun question on the side. Have you ever had a situation where you're in that? And here comes one of your famous uh, German suplexes that's also beautiful. By the way, fans, if you're listening to this interview and you have not seen a Jesse Bonesaw Brooks German suplex, look it up on YouTube. It's one of the most beautiful bridges I've ever seen. So, again, have you ever Thank been you. in a situation? My pleasure. Have you ever been in a situation of, like, that person jumped too high or, oh, my God, she was so easy to lift. <laughs> Uh, oh my, uh, did I well, drop her on her head okay? Well, um, no, because normally with Germans, I'm controlling it the whole way. So, I mean, they can jump, they can not jump. <laughs> they're getting, you know, they're going to go where I want them to go, you know? <laughs> so, 
start including some Saidos actually. I don't do much of those anymore, but um dragon suplex mm. do actually. Um I just started doing tiger again. Um but yeah, I think Saido and Dragon I want to start including back into my arsenal. And, and have you ever thought about even working in Japan, Bonesaw? Because Japan is also very famous for their suplexes and men and women and I feel like like also your your career would be even more elevated if you ever tried. Have you ever thought about Japan as a future thing for Jesse Yeah, that that was always that's always been like my main goal, it's to go to Japan. Um I actually was offered it but um I had to turn it down because I was in school at the time. So um I mean that was hard to do but eventually yeah, I do want to go to Japan. So that's something I am looking into at the moment. Well, you know what they say, like, a door is never closed forever. Look look how many people have returned to the WWE who said that they'll never come yeah. back. So, mm-hmm. a door is never closed forever. So, uh, mm-hmm. what I'm going to do here, uh, I'm going to pass you over to this gentleman here that's sitting next to me, uh, stealing all of my uh, radio phone. <laughs> so, apparently, he's watched you work and he knows you. So, I'm going to go ahead and pass you. Yes, uh, I'll give you your money after the show is all. An honor again, Ms. Brooks, to be able to speak with you today. And I have actually been able to see your matches here in New York because I am a New York boy, so I've been able to watch you in companies like Tier One, Pinky Sanchez's Violence and Suffering. And just to say, George, it was an understatement just how great your German suplexes are and any suplex you do because... It's like a Taz suplex, a Samoa Joe. That style is just unbelievable. But my Thank first you. question I, I do have to, bring it, I have to bring up is, what, what was that one match that made you determine, okay, I have to do this? The one match that made me um, determine that I want to get into wrestling? Uh, def- yeah. Um. I don't think it was one particular match. I think it, when I was growing up watching WWE, I mean, that's always something I was like, I, I love it so much, and, like, this is something I have to do. Um, at the time, before I started training, right before I started training, I was watching Ring of Honor, a lot of Ring of Honor. Um, but I, I couldn't point out a particular match that was like, okay, I have to do it now. I mean, like, it's always been something that's on my mind for years. And the right oh, circumstances okay. happened, mm-hmm. you know. It is interesting that you mentioned Ring of Honor, and you have worked with, in the past with Julius Smokes, a big name here in the New York City area. Yeah. A man that has definitely been around with, with gentlemen as Homicide, Low Key. You name mm-hmm. it, Julius Smokes has been behind him. That's something that really does prove that lineage has now been given to you, being a member of the Women of Honor and still a great wrestler here in New York City. Do you look at maybe you're above that New York City indie scene now, or are you still always on that rise? Am I still part of, like, the New York scene, or what? what's the question? Do you feel that you're still part of the indie scene, or do you feel that getting to Ring of Honor, maybe you're, still, you're, on, you're getting out of just working local indie? 
No, I, I mean, I still think I am considered part of um, the independent circuit. I don't think, you know, I mean, I I do have, I'm still working out future dates of Women of Honor, but um, I wouldn't consider myself, you know, above anything, you know? Uh, no problem, of course. A great match I do want to bring up for fans if they do want to watch is yours against a, a big friend of mine, Sonya Strong. Your rivalry of her, no matter what oh. company it's been, that's a match that I definitely think fans do have to watch. Being in a match like that, that can compare maybe to a Trish versus Lita. What do you feel about that oh, that you. matchup with you and Sonya? I, I've been looking forward to working with her for um, for a while now. So, um when I finally got to work her, it was it was amazing. She's really good. She's really good. Um, we have very similar styles, so it was definitely something I was interested in um, seeing how it would turn out, and it, it turned out uh, better than my expectations. So anytime, I would love to get back in the ring with her. Definitely, because being an H, that match was definitely her being trained by the guy, uh, the amazing Red and Brian XL, that matchup was just a strong style head first. Just seeing that match, I do recommend anyone. That is the independent Lita versus Trish, in my opinion. George, I know you're listening. You have to watch that match. I'm sad that I was not able to attend that live, but Tinky will kill me for that. I do have to make it out to more <laughs> of those shows. <laughs> uh, but then, again, being that promotion, that was a startup promotion now, what do you see yourself now in those in the, in the independence? Do you see that the women division has grown though since the start of the Indies? Oh yeah, definitely. There's been a huge growth, especially in the, the past few years. Um, there's several companies out there doing all women shows now. They see that it can that's something that can happen. That's something they're willing to do now. Um, uh, yeah, so I definitely think it's more of a place for women in wrestling and it's not, you know, just the one match on the card or something like that. So I definitely think it's it, there's a huge improvement, which, you know, I'm always happy about. Definitely. One question that is a little touchy that I know George did ask earlier, if this is a question we should bring up, was the situation with yours and Mark House. You, okay. I believe it was two years ago with at Tier 1, a local promotion here in New York. That I have been to a few shows, and when I saw that situation, uh, the commission isn't always the, the easiest to run here in New York. Could you explain to no. the fans that aren't familiar with it, what was the situation that occurred? Well, um, Mark and I were scheduled to wrestle that night, and um, we weren't told anything previous to the match, so interested to happen, and like we were, the match started. And then midway through, not midway through the match, actually, like five minutes into the match, or probably less than that, um, the bell rung, and which I automatically thought was an accident because <laughs> it didn't make any sense to me. But when I saw Mr. Orlando standing there, saying, shaking his head, saying that this match can't happen, um, I was just shocked. Uh, and then I asked him why the match couldn't happen. He said, in New York State, apparently, there was, some rule that they thought they saw that said that um, <laughs> that males can't wrestle females in wrestling. So, um, yeah, and then when they were confronted about it, 
they looked through this handbook for several hours, actually, um, trying to find this rule, which they couldn't find. It was only for boxing, and for some reason they thought that translated to wrestling as well. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so they couldn't find it. Uh, there was a whole thing where uh, Chris Levin, the rest of the match, actually threatened to bring, into a, bring in a lawyer, and that's when they kind of, like, kind of got scared and talked to their lawyer, and their lawyer actually pretty much told them that that's not a rule, that the match has to happen. And then eventually, later that night, the match did happen. So it was, and it well, luckily ended up being the main event happen. for the night. Yeah. Luckily it was able to happen. And like I said, New York City Commission, the Safe Athletic Commission is always not always the easiest to run here in New York. Working with companies over here, I've seen a lot of issues like that. But luckily... Like you said, the match was able to go on, even main eventing, which shows, though, that it can happen at any time. And luckily, again, it was a great match later on. And that proves, though, how much women have evolved in the indie that now a match could be just out of the fly at the main event without an issue. And that shows that even the fans respect that because their fans admire just how much women are now part of the indies and how much they're part of the card that they don't have to be just that one match on the card. They can be multiple matches. And a situation like mm-hmm. that, it's sad to see, but it's understandable the commission is just trying to look out for the, for talent, and just making sure nothing goes wrong. But at the end of the day, I've seen, especially you, suplex guys and work harder than a guy would do on the card. And I've seen it from you, from Sonya. And it's like, hey, they can hang it in there with the boys. Just let them work. Exactly. With something like that, I'm glad, though, that the match was resolved, and later on, Mark was able to get it in there with you, and it was a great match. Yeah. Thank you. My last, my last question would be, for now, where do you see yourself as your end goal? You mentioned Japan earlier, but is Japan that last statement for you, or do you see yourself WWE, TNA, staying with ROH? What is that end goal? Um, I mean... I don't necessarily have an end goal. Um, I do have some goals, which would be, you know, um, I already am working with Women of Honor right now, so there's that one. But um, the one I haven't achieved yet, which I'm hopefully soon, um, is going to Japan. I mean, that's pretty much my last goal that I, I have left to achieve for me. Um, I'm not necessarily interested in going to um TNA or WWE. It was always Japan for me. Well, that is something respected because I know a lot of, uh, definitely a lot of people that do see Japan as that step because even myself being in this business, I always say Japan is just a respected craft over there. Just wrestling in general mm-hmm. over there is something different and just the art of it. It's truly an art form over there, which is lost. It's not yes. as translated here in the U.S. and the American crowd. It's just something different. And to me, I respect that. And I myself always have said I want to make it to Japan one day as with companies like that. So I respect that. Thank you again, Ms. Brooks. I'll pass you back over to Thank George. You. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And I hope to see you again here in New York City at a show sometime soon. Hey, thank you very much for those great questions, Ray. Um and mind you, thank God I passed you the mic because if not, I would have stolen some of those questions from you. But basically, <laughs> uh, I have 
you something. Uh, you know, you were talking about the intergender stuff uh, with Mr. Ramundo. Uh, you've been in the ring with men. You've been in the ring with women uh, and so on and so forth. But intergender stuff, like it, it now seems like a brand new wave. It's kind of like a new thing for women in this business, especially in the independent. I think the last time I ever even saw an intergender anything on TV was when Sable fought Mark Merrill. So <laughs> do you I, – and that's if you even called it an intergender match. <laughs> so I, 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 I love how you, uh, she's laughing at this because she's like, you call that an intergender match? But <laughs> uh, hey, listen, there was, a power, there was a power bomb and a pin. That's all that matters. I'm just kidding. Don't kill me for that. <laughs> so, so Miss Brooks, I have to, <laughs> now you got me laughing. Miss Brooks, do you feel like intergender matches should be more of a thing for you women to say that you guys are not already considered equal because you guys are? But do you feel like it should be more promoted? Because even now they're saying fans are wanting to see Becky Lynch versus James Ellsworth. So mm-hmm. do you feel like it's, it's something that should be promoted more for pro wrestling as a whole? I think it necessarily needs to be promoted. I think if it fits on the show and it works, it works. I don't think it needs to be, like, promoted. Um, also, I understand why WWE can't do that um, because the sponsors and things like that, but I don't necessarily think that's something that needs to be promoted. I mean, for me, it kind of happened just because there wasn't enough women wrestlers around at the time, so it became that. So it wasn't something I necessarily sought out. And, you know, I enjoy it. I don't care. I'd wrestle female, male. It doesn't matter to me. Um, But, yeah, I don't see it as something that needs to be, I mean, like, if if it is, it is, you know. I don't. But but intergender wrestling has also helped the the women's revolution in a way, right? For like at least in the independent. Yeah, definitely. It, no, with that, yeah, it has. It definitely has. Um, and that's great. Um, but if it, I mean, if there's, I would. I'm saying if it fits just because you know if there's other females yeah. out there that could be getting an opportunity, then I think. They should be given that opportunity, you know. Instead of, I don't want it to be a thing where just like intergender gets promoted and it's getting promoted because you know somebody doesn't want to necessarily put two females on a show. They want to put a male and a female because they don't necessarily want to see that, or they don't trust them, or they don't think they're talented enough, or something like that. I don't want it to become turn into that. Instead of, you know, just uh, two people showing their talent. Well, to me, uh, because I used to be a worker, Ms. Brooks, uh, for about mm-hmm. three, four years, and I was put into one intergender match, just one, and that was in mm-hmm. Mississippi, and, and I'm not saying that it, it was because of her. It was me, because I was raised to never hit a woman. But basically, I felt like emotionally, it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do when it came to, to like, it's, it's kind of hard, not... And but what I what I also said to myself is, hey, this is helping the women's wrestling become our mm-hmm. equal. Is 
I, I, I'm stepping in the ring, and yes, I was raised never to hit a woman, and it's hard for me to even do a suplex or hit a punch, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm helping. So it's like, and I get your point. Trust me, I completely understand your point. Saying, hey, when it's necessary or if it fits, then do it. But also focus on, you know, the other women in this business too. So yeah. I, I completely get, get what you're saying. Now, like, and you have, you're not afraid of woman or man. Is there any man, let, let's say man first. Is there any man that you haven't stepped in the ring with yet that you would like to step in there with? Um, hmm. I have one name I'm on, sure there on are, my but tongue right now. <laughs> I'm sure there are, but I'm like blanking on them right now. Um, whose name? Chris Dickinson. <laughs> I've, got, I've gotten asked that before several times. Um, <laughs> like right off the bat, um, I would love to see Chris Dickinson versus uh, Jesse Bonesaw Brooks. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just saying because uh, who was that he the ring with it was an intergender match and they oh I think it was Kimberly uh that yeah yeah it was the Kimberly. Ring with. yeah and everyone like everyone share it on social media saying that he killed her and that he's a you know a double uh crooked letter um that he was a, a crooked letter for it but she was fine after the after that spot so everyone took it a little yeah. bit too far well, yeah, it got viral. I mean, I can see how it can be taken, um, taken in that context. Um, but yeah, I mean, people people are gonna think that regardless, whether it's that, whether it's other things. I mean, people have their their mindset on certain things if that's what they grew up with or that's what they're used to, you know. So, I mean, we can't change what they're gonna think about that. But um, no, agreed. Oh, to answer your question, but, uh, MJF. Um, I don't know if you know who that is, but yeah, that's yeah, one of them. Uh, Maxwell, Maxwell, uh, Friedstein or Feinstein or whatever he changes his last name. Friedman or um, Ace or... Romero too. Um, I mean, Ooh, those Ace are just names to you. Uh, Do you think you could German suplex Ace Romero? That's my question to you. <laughs> I can try. <laughs> um, yeah, Ace, I mean, I can't. <laughs> um, I mean, I always look forward to wrestling some of the ones I've wrestled before: Anthony Green, uh, Marcos, Darius Carter. Um, it's always fun wrestling them, and of course, my trainer, Delirious. Uh, good old delirious. Uh, man, how do you even understand that, man? But like, <laughs> how, how was, like, like, uh, how was, did, did you ever um, have that situation of a uh, uh, like? Not, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase this. I, I apologize. I got mixed up with something. Uh, like, you started training at ROH at the ROH dojo with delirious, if I'm correct, right? Yes. 
and Daisy Hayes was also my trainer at the time. Yeah, Daisy Hayes, one of the most uh, veteran women in this business. Again, another woman that's not to take a hit or even break herself when it comes to taking bumps. You know, that, that woman's insane when it comes to what she's yeah. done in that rig. So t- tell us a little, because, again, Delirious has trained future stars, and so has Daisy Hayes. Jesse, you are an amazing star in the wrestling business. Uh, you know, you are literally growing and growing and growing and growing, and it's like, and you don't even have that flash. You're out there and kicking butt. So tell us about how the uh, that how that ROH style has also helped you in your in your career. You mean by uh, being trained by Delirious and Daisy Hayes? Yes, ma'am. Well. <clears throat> They both were great trainers. They broke everything down and, like, were very patient. And um, I definitely picked the right school um, because there were several of them I was considering at the time. Um, Actually, some in Brooklyn, too, because that's where I lived at the time. And I had to travel all the way to Bristol to get there. But um, it's definitely worth worth all of that, though. Um, Yeah, Daisy... And Delirious definitely, like, shaped me into what I am now. Like, they helped. And Delirious also gave me the nickname Bonesaw, so. Um, based I on the way I was. <laughs> yeah, it was Delirious again for me. It was based off of the way I was wrestling. No, actually. <laughs> I thought he got it from there. That's why I loved it so much. Because I'm a huge um, <laughs> Macho Man fan. But he said he got it from like a metal band or a metal song or something like that, which I mean, I'm a fan of metal too, so that works. I'm just saying the um, record after I after I disconnect with you here, Miss Brooks, I am going to whatever store you have and I'm buying your shirt. Even though you're reflecting <laughs> my favorite hero of all time, I'm still buying your shirt. <laughs> uh, I, I, oh, Spider Man's your favorite? Yeah, Spider Man's my favorite. Like, I, I, there's a tear in my eye just looking at that shirt, but I'm still buying it just because it's a beautiful <laughs> shirt. <laughs> you broke my heart. You could have picked anyone but Spider-Man, okay? I, I, I understand that you were going with the gimmick of the movie, but come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but, no, like, and, and mind you, Macho Man also was a, a, a great person in, in this business, also introduced uh, Miss Elizabeth, who is practically mm-hmm. known as the first lady of wrestling. You know, without the Macho Man, we wouldn't have known Miss Elizabeth. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and basically, Macho also inspired many, many young talents like yourself um, in this business. As You could even see styles of Macho Man in the current business, like Bailey, uh, Kyrie Hojo using the top rope elbow, uh, now mm-hmm. also uh, Velvet, uh, the Velveteen Dream is using the top rope elbow. You see Macho Man everywhere you go nowadays. How how did Macho yeah. Man like affect you? Um, it it was a few things actually. Um, I felt at the time he was also the thing that drew me to Taz. The same thing that drew me to Randy. Um. It's just he was doing something different at the time. His charisma, his wrestling style, everything was smooth. Everything was 
um, I feel like everything was well thought out, and it was just amazing watching him in the ring. Um, and that definitely is something I wanted to portray in the ring, so that just it was a huge, huge influence on me. Yeah, like when Macho Man passed away, when I got that, uh, when I got the news, like working, I think when it happened, when I saw the news and it said Macho Man passes away uh, in the car accident, uh, that I believe it was heart attack, and then he hit, um, yeah. he died in the car accident. Mm-hmm. Like I, my heart just broke because yeah. he was one of those guys everyone looked up to, everybody. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah. And I felt like we lost one of those. It's kind of like, how can you put this? Um, I'm not trying to wish death on no one, but it's kind of like just the same same kind of feeling that we're probably going to get when a Ric Flair or Hulk Hogan dies. Like, a father of yeah. wrestling has left. Yes, yeah. So, That's a good way to put it, yeah. So it's it is, it is what it is, and, and we can only hope to enjoy every minute of it. So, uh, Ms. Brooks, uh, last question before you go. Now that we're talking about that, about you know, enjoy every minute of it, uh, what do you have anything that you can tell anyone that's entering the business? Because, again, now you're with Women of Honor. You've wrestled all the uh, states. Is there anyone that's still in, like, wrestling school or that's about to have their first match this coming weekend that you could tell them uh, – uh, kind of like to inspire them for going into this business? Any advice I can offer? Yes, ma'am. Um, it's going to be tough all the way through. Just stick with it if that's something you really want to do. Um, and, um, well, one, I should have started out with <laughs> go to a good school like, really research them and go to a great school. Um, the, first of all, the Ring of Honor Dojo, great school. Um, um, old-time wrestling, actually, that's South Jersey, um, great school. Yeah, research your school um, and make sure you can devote your time to it and uh, make sure it's something you really want to do and something you love. And um, I would say that's it, yeah. Well, yeah, what you mentioned a great point there as far as the school is concerned. And also, would you agree that never stop going to school either because a person never stops learning when it comes to the wrestling business? Oh, yeah, definitely. Never stop asking questions. Never stop going to school. Never stop pushing yourself to be better. Yeah. Well, Ms. Brooks, again, I thank you so very much for coming on our show. I really appreciate it. Before you go, let's do some plugs. How can fans follow you on social media, uh, whether it be Facebook, Twitter? I know Instagram's a thing now. Uh, how can bookers get a hold of you for any booking inquiries? And where can they catch you next live? Well, you can follow me at Bonesaw Jesse B on Twitter, and it's Jesse Bonesaw Brooks on Facebook and Instagram. Um, my next show with June 10th for OTW, and um, June 24th, I'm doing JAPW, which is a private show for vets, um, and violence and suffering in July, and I'm going to be adding dates, so just pay attention to my Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. 
All right. Well, Ms. Brooks, I thank you so very much for your time on the show. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you. And we hope to have uh, no, our pleasure. And just know the door is always open for you. So if you ever need something to be promoted, just me or any of my people, and, and we'll just bring you back on again. I appreciate that. Thank you. It's my pleasure, Ms. Brooks. Thank you so very much for coming. And uh, get a lar- uh, extra large Jesse Bolsaw Brooks t-shirt ready for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. I hope you have a good day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Guys, that was Jesse Bonesaw Brooks. Uh, you know, what an amazing, an amazing woman athlete. She, to be honest, like I said, I've been watching her matches on YouTube, and all of them have been phenomenal. Uh, her bridges are phenomenal. Uh, every, like, it's one of those things that you could say is one of a kind because, like, when you look at Japan, and you say Io Shirai, Kairi Hojo, beautiful bridges, beautiful suplexes, etc. Jesse Bonesaw Brooks is one of those people that you could say, hey, she can compare her suplexes to them, and, and they're just as beautiful. So uh, I, I have to say everyone should look up Jesse Bonesaw Brooks uh, when it comes to YouTube or, or any of her matches that she puts out there. But, guys, we're going to go on to a little commercial break. We'll be right back. With more, and hopefully this technical issue with uh, Ray Ramundo will be over. But uh, we'll be right back after these commercial breaks. Independent Pro Wrestling returns to Atlantic City after over 10 years. SWF Wrestling, along with Stop the Heroin, presents Roll the Dice. Saturday, June 10th, meet and greet will start at 6 p.m. Bell time, 8 p.m. at the National Guard Armory, 1008 Absecon Boulevard, Atlantic City, New Jersey. The headlining main event, only a dream match SWF can think of. Former WWE and current Impact star Alberto El Patron versus Pentagon El Cero Miedo. Former WWE star Jack Swagger versus member of the Boot Party DJ Marconi. Three-way women's dream match. Lucha Underground star Taya versus cheerleader Melissa versus Impact Wrestling's LAX's Angel Rose. And many other matches, including the SWF heavyweight title will be on the line. Strong style Lucha featuring Ricky Reyes and El Hijo de Dos Caras. The Mayor Guardian's gold ladder match. Red Titus versus Grizzly Redwood. A tag team match of Josh Adams and Jeffrey Bravo versus the New York Wrecking Crew. And an insane 20-person Atlantic City Rumble. For more information and to purchase tickets, visit SWFPro.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at SWFWrestling247. Instagram and Snapchat at SWFPROWrestling. SWF Wrestling alongside Stop the Heroin bring you Roll. Saturday, June 10, and Wrestle City Radio will be bringing you the pre-show live. Don't miss it. Okay, and we're back. Uh, needed to take a little break there, get my throat a little break. From that phenomenal interview, but Ray Ramundo, I hope our technical issues are fixed. Are, are you back with us? 
Can you hear me now? I can hear you. Can you hear us? I can hear you. Oh, God, it's again the issue. If you're going to pay me, pay the bills first, George. The law is high, but... <laughs> well, again, I told you. I told you, it, your, your, your prices are a little high, okay? So the fact that we have to spend so much money on you instead of paying money to repair, that's on you, my friend. <laughs> that is on you. Uh, so, I get the call, so I just do you a favor. Not mine. You're paying my fees. <laughs> oh, hold on. Speaking of which, because she's on the line, let me find out if Lorraine chose you to come back. Hold on, give me. Lorraine, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Lorraine, I have a question for you. Out of all the special guest co-hosts that you could have hired to come back on here, you decide to choose the guy that charges $1,458 for a guest co-host? Really? He's worth it. So, you know. I, I, I don't even know what to say on this. I, I'm on my own. I, I'm like literally on this on my own. Thank you so much. Lorraine, we're going to go bankrupt because of you. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll talk to you later. Uh, uh, Lorraine sees great talent. You hush your mouth. You you hush your mouth, Ramundo. Anyway, we're going to be getting now our next guest here very shortly. I'm talking about the Black Diamond, Ivory Robin. But before we do, let's talk a little bit. Let's continue to talk about the Mae Young Classic, uh, you know, that we were speaking of. We were last leaving off with the topic of Io Shirai, Kyrie Rojo in the tournament. Uh, now, I, I don't know if you heard about that story that I mentioned to Jesse Brooks, but basically... Viper even being contacted for to be part of the tournament. So, what's your take, Rick? Ooh, Viper. I've seen some of her stuff that she's been making appearances now in WCPW and also with TNA's merger with a UK promotion. They've shown some of her stuff on YouTube, and she's definitely a force that she can be a ringer in there. She can be one of those that you may not think. She'll make it all the way, and surprisingly, just like in WWE's Cruiserweight Classic, like I mentioned earlier, those those names that aren't as spread around in our U in the U.S. scene, you never know; those could be the ones that do take it all. Because look at the guys like T.J. Perkins and and Grand Metalik; those two were known to be great, but they weren't they weren't pictured to be the main event of the whole tournament, those finals. And look at now, our first champion was T.J. Perkins, T.J.P. So Viper, well, yeah. who knows, maybe she just takes it all. Yeah, maybe, because she is also one of the top talents in, in women wrestling, period. Now, uh, we have a question here from a fan from William Hicks. They want us to, uh, and, and this is not to swerve away from our current topic, but I also don't ignore who are listening. They want us to, uh, to uh, state our opinion on Jinder Mahal and want to know our opinion if he's on the juice. Um, <laughs> listen, my opinion, okay, my opinion on Jinder Mahal on, on this one, Ray, is this. The fact is, is this. You guys have been asking to face to hold the WWE Championship for how long now? 
Like, everyone has cried on the internet wrestling community saying, oh, I'm I'm so tired of Cena. I'm so tired of Orton. I'm so tired of Triple H. I'm so tired of this and that. Exactly. I want a new face. I want a new face. And finally, WWE gives it to you. Now you're now complaining about that too. So what exactly do you guys want? (laughs) Because right now, I'm telling you this right now. The whole Jinder Mahal thing, for you guys could understand this, the Jinder Mahal situation is that they are establishing a market in India right now. So the best way to market that is by putting, of course, the champion on Jinder Mahal. Now, again, a lot of people might not like him, but he's an amazing talent. He knows how to talk, and he knows how to wrestle. So give it time. Maybe Randy wasn't the guy to give you a five-star classic. Maybe wait to AJ Styles, I don't know, or, or someone else. But Jinder Mahal is a great athlete. As far as on the juice is concerned, if you follow him as much as I do, you could tell that he's not on no juice, okay? As a matter of fact, those little bumps on the back, everyone loves to show that. That could be acne for all I know. I used to suffer from back acne uh, for many, many months when I was younger. So I'm not saying that's what he's suffering from, but don't consider that your answer to the Jews question. Okay, so he is very dedicated to what he's doing. So basically, guys, what I'm saying is Jinder Mahal is a great champion. I'm actually happy they put a, the championship on a new face in the WWE, someone we did not expect. Hence, you remember, you saw all those faces of shock. When when it happened, Ray Ramundo. Okay, I think Ray Ramundo disconnected again. Yep, he did. So, uh, basically, I apologize about that. But also, again, the situation, like I was saying about the juice, trust me, there's no juice. So that is just my opinion, folks, on that note. So let's go ahead and reach out to Ray Ramundo again. Apparently, his line likes to disconnect on us a lot. <sighs> We're giving a call back to good old Ray Ray. I'm calling him that, actually. Ray Ramundo. Ray Ray. How does that sound? Hmm. Ray Ramundo, are you there? Okay, no, no Ray Ramundo there. So I guess we're going to be waiting on his callback, uh, see what's happening. Um, I guess I'm on now. But basically, uh, well, let's let's open up the line here. Maybe Lorraine can help me out here because I'm a tag team here. I, I can't do this on my own. Uh, Lorraine, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right, Lorraine, I'm tagging you in on this topic. <laughs> so, and it's only for the Jinder Mahal situation until Ray Ramundo gets back, or at least until he fixes his issue. Uh, what, what's your take on the whole Jinder Mahal situation, Lorraine? Well, I mean, I know people were complaining they wanted a new champion. They were tired of this one. They were tired of that one. Um, 
not exactly everybody thinks that Ginger Mahal is their favorite. He's not really, you know, my my cup of tea never has been. But he is a good wrestler, and you know it's a smart business deal to put him as champion with you know wanting to uh, monopolize India. So you know, and I, as far as him being on the juice, I don't see him doing that. Um, I mean, I, I could probably understand why some people would possibly think that with the fact that, you know, he wasn't as big as he was before, you know, he came back, and now he is, and, you know, but, you know, not everything's, not, not everybody that comes back in muscles is on the juice. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the one thing that everyone points fingers at when uh, when they see all of a sudden, hey, this guy's built, you know, big in muscle. Isn't that the one thing that a lot of people <laughs> think nowadays? It's the first thing they jump at. I, I, listen, if you look back in pictures of Jinder Mahal, of how he used to be compared to what he is now, like, you, I, look, I'm going to blame the fans and, and be like, hey, you have no right to think that way. Because, shoot, there's a huge difference, Lorraine. Have you seen the big difference between then and it, oh, it definitely is a big difference. When he came back, I was like, holy crap. I was like, he got, he got really built. But my first yeah. thing wasn't, oh, he's on the juice. <laughs> you know, I, I just don't, I'm not one to jump to that. No, I, I agree. Let, let me see if uh, Ray Ramundo is back. Let me see, open up his line here real quick. Ray Ramundo, are you there? Nope. Apparently he's still having issues. Uh, don't you just love technical issues, Lauren? Um, but going back to what we were saying, uh, yeah, like, there, there's a big issue. But, again, you can't blame the fans for being like, hey, he's on the juice because there was a huge difference. So, but right. trust me, it, 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 it's not that. It, it's far from that. Right. Uh, I mean, you figure, look at the, you know, all the years past, you know, especially before the wellness clause was put in there, you know, to implement that, you know, the wrestlers can't juice up and and stuff, you know, how, how, how many did? So, you know, of course, you know, from past experience, uh, uh, you know, when you're a fan, that's something that you're going to think unless you've really – got into knowing the background and knowing the wellness clause and knowing, you know, that they're really risking their career if they do juice. Yeah, they are risking a lot, you know, but that's a great point that you mentioned there. The the wellness program is there for a reason. So even if they were on, even if they were, I feel like the wellness will kind of like, take note of that, unless there's, I, I don't think there would be a, 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 a great open window for it to happen with the wellness program being there. I, I, that's how I feel. I, I don't think there would be either for the simple fact that it has caused too many problems in the past with the wrestler's health and, you know, their, their uh, experiences in the ring 
and everything, you know, it, it, it puts a big damper on on things. You, you take a chance of really hurting yourself and others in the long run. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so basically, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. But again, the final verdict is that he's not on the juice. And number two, he's a brand new face as a champion. So enjoy it. That, that's all I can say. Enjoy it. Because finally, there's a new face that's holding on to that title. And that's what all of you have been asking for. So, and Lorraine, like you said, he's not your favorite cup of tea. I understand that as a fan point of view. But it's like, I, as much as you don't like the guy, I pretty much could already assume that you feel the same way. That basically, hey, he might not be my favorite guy, but finally we have a new phase as a champion. Exactly. I mean, you know, he's a new, he's a new face, and he's not the first one that hasn't been my cup of tea that has been champion. And you know, while he's champion, I'm still gonna watch. I'm not gonna say, oh, I'm not gonna watch because he's you know not my cup of tea. I don't like him, or you know, I don't like him as champion, or whatever. You know, how some fans kind of get a little outrageous with that and say they don't they're not gonna watch WWE anymore, but. <laughs> You know, I'm just going to go with the flow because, you know, down the line there will be somebody else. Yep. Well, time will tell. Time will tell. That's all I can say. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anywho, guys, we have a couple more minutes until we have our next guest on the, on the line. I'm talking about the Black Diamond, uh, Ivory Robin. I have no idea what's happening with Ray Ramundo. I don't know if he's going to be here on time for that interview. He's having technical issues on his side. Uh, we tried to reach out to him. Uh, let me try it one last time. See if we get a hold of uh, the, the law here. Uh, and Lorraine, thanks very much for tag teaming on this. I know this was not expecting, but of course, you, you always stand in. So thank you very much for that. Uh, let's see if he picks up. Let, let me open. Ray Ramundo, are you there? Ray Ramundo, are you there? Yeah, I guess not. I wonder if it could, right, it could so be the weather. What is it? Are you guys having bad weather up there? Uh, we've been having rain off and on all day. So, um, being that I'm in Philly and he's in New York, he they might be having the brunt of it right now. Ah, I see what you mean. Yeah, because it's happened to you before, Lorraine. I remember a long time ago when you and I did Reality Check Radio when there was bad weather in your area, your signal was horrible. And so yeah. I, I remember yeah. those incidents. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, I, yeah that does happen. Yeah, I, 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 I recall that 110%. So, yeah, I... I can see where you're coming from with that. So basically, uh, you know, I guess we only have an interview left uh, for today. We've talked about the May Young Classic. Uh, we've talked about, of course, the UK division earlier with Ray Ramundo. And now I feel like I have my guest on the line. So, Lorraine, thank you very much for tag teaming. Again, I appreciate this unexpected uh, uh, phone-in. I appreciate this a lot. Anytime. 
All right. So I'm going to go ahead and mute you and welcome in my guest. Uh, I'm talking about the first ever Elevate Pro Women's Champion, and I'm talking about the Black Diamond. She's also, also a fitness persona, and she's a great role model for a lot of women out there. I'm talking about the Black Diamond. Robin, are you there? Hi. How are you doing? Good, good, Ms. Robin. How are you? Good, good. Oh, I'm just tired. Welcome. Honestly, it's so it's so hot here that I I had to take a nap today. Even though I already have the day off from like work, I it's, it's so hot here in Texas. It's ridiculous. Well, well, listen. I, I, well, Texas. They say that Texas is always hot. I, that I'm gonna I'm not gonna take anything away from that one. But apparently, here in Florida, we broke records yesterday. So if there's anyone that is feeling the the heat, it, it's us. So, I, yeah, I completely have to say uh, stay away from that because a lot of people <laughs> were feeling it over here yesterday. I sent it over to you, and you guys just doubled it. Yeah, yeah. It, but, like, the humidity is, like, nuts. Like, I'm down here, like, towards the uh, coast, and whew. So I know that's how Florida is, but, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> No, 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 by all means, feel right at home. This, this is what I told you, Robin, when you first were going to come on. This is a place where you can literally be like, am I going to come on to be interviewed and kind of feel like I'm in a test or a week conversation? And this is conversation. Relax, put your feet on the table. You can even <laughs> be in bed for all I care. Just relax. <laughs> So, speaking but, of speaking of being in bed, yeah, I actually am kind of laying down right now while I'm doing this interview. <laughs> well, by all means, feel relaxed. That's what I like my guests to feel. I like them to feel at home. I like them to feel relaxed. I don't like them to feel stressed. And on top of that, I like them to feel respected because Russell City Radio is not about digging that dirt and be like, why do you have a problem with so-and-so? It's to basically bring back respect to women and men like you, uh, you know, that business to bring back respect that you all deserve. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. My pleasure, Ms. Robin. So, and, and my, it's funny that we speak about heat because no pun intended, one of your, uh, where you first started was with one half of Harlem Heat, Booker T, with the of wrestling, if I'm correct. Uh, I actually um, started wrestling a little bit before I got here to Booker's. Um, I was uh, wrestling and training somewhere for about eight or nine months, and that promotion uh, became defunct uh, because the promoter that ran it was in the military. And so he was getting uh-huh. ready. His family was transferred somewhere else, and I was like, you know, I want to continue this thing. And so I started looking up schools. And I was like, I kind of want to stay in Texas. So um, I, I can tell you the three schools I was uh, looking at were Reality of Wrestling, um, 3D Academy, and then also OVW. But, yeah, I was like, I want to stay in Texas. So, yeah, Reality of Wrestling is what I ended up going to. And if I'm correct, uh, Reality of Wrestling, I, I spoke to Booker T., uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, where I pre-recorded an interview with him and currently he's working on a deal trying to work out a deal to bring reality of wrestling over to the WWE network uh, like you being one of the uh, the people from there 
uh, think of that move? Do you feel like it'll be uh, a, a move that you love, that you'll res- respect? Like, I know Reality of Wrestling has come a long, long way ever since he started it. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think it would be a very big thing um, if if that is the case. Um, I haven't heard too much about that. I I I, I heard him. It, it's been a little bit since I've heard him mention it, but I haven't really heard too much more, and I don't normally ask when it comes to, like, business things. But that would be a great move um, on behalf of Booker T and Reality of Wrestling if we had the opportunity to showcase the workers that we have here on the WWE Network because WWE Network has a major following. They have at least a couple, I think, a couple million subscribers. So it would be a major light shed on a promotion that deserves to have some light on it. Uh, agreed. And I've seen some of the work from Reality Wrestling. Uh, one of another guy that came out from there was uh, Brandon Williams, now current NXT superstar. Uh, Came uh-huh. out from uh, the, the woodworks there at NXT. Uh, sorry, at Reality of Wrestling. But before we continue talking about the Booker T School and and Reality of Wrestling, let's also talk about you too. Like one of the things that kind of shocked me, and we were even talking about this like off the air, Mrs. Um, uh, <laughs> Robin, and and you might laugh about this, but like literally when I was doing some homework on you. And you were saying all these nice things, and like, oh, I started watching wrestling at four years old, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, that's nice, four years old. And then all of a sudden, you said the first feud that caught your eye was Ultimate Warrior and Papa Shango with the voodoo. How in the hell yes. did you not get scared? <laughs> I, that's, <laughs> I actually, as a, as a young, young child, I actually... I was a little bit, uh, especially when all of a sudden he started throwing up um, green stuff. And I was like, what yes. the hell is that? I was like, what is that? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I remember for some odd reason, I re- that's like in my head. I'll never forget it. Like, that is the first few. People were saying, oh, I remember, you know, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels feud or this or that. And I'm just like, no, let me tell you about the random feud that I remember. So, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I I was scared. I was scared because at that point I was just like, uh, I, I didn't really know, like, the ins and outs of how it works. So I'm just like, oh, my God, this man is killing this other man. I'm like, is nobody going <laughs> to do anything about it? So, yeah. <laughs> well, listen. To me, you say the green vomit. To me, the the one thing that hurt me the most in that feud was the uh, when he started uh, gushing that black ink from the top of his head. I was like, where yes, did that come yes. from? Uh-huh. I, I, I was like, where, how? And then all of a sudden, I, I hear this from you, and I'm like, how the hell did she say, consider this the feud that got her into wrestling? Like, me, I don't actually... I, look, I can tell you, because I started at six years old, Ms. Robin, I literally, I could tell you exactly what I did that day. I was watching TV because it was on Wrestling Challenge. It, was, it happened on TV. All of a sudden, he was starting to gush that black ink. The first thing I did was start to cry, and my mom switched the channel. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nice. So, so by all means, I, I like that was a very, very freaky situation. Now, mind you, wrestling has evolved more into a PG era now. Obviously, you're going to see things like, you know, that kind of feud now, like uh, the Papa Shangos and the, uh, and the Ultimate Warriors that we had back then have evolutionized to a more family-friendly entertainment. And, and you're uh-huh. also very – and you're more – and, and Ms. Robin, you are one of the best, uh, inspiring athletes that wrestling has right now. Like, I've met you in Orlando. And you are very inspiring. Oh, thank young. you. My pleasure. You is, like I remember all these little girls walking up to you at Orlando and taking pictures with you and asking for your autograph. So you are affecting a lot of young ladies out there. How oh. you being a family family woman? How how do you feel on that? Because you reach out to these people and you help out these little girls and you inspire them. How does that work for you? I. I think it's it's crazy, you know what I mean? I, I never in a million years thought that, like, I'd have, like, people coming up to me and saying, you know, hey, I look up to you, you know, you're such a strong woman and blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I feel good, you know what I mean? Because I I know that I, I can be a positive person for them. I can give them, you know, the best advice and stuff that I can if they ask for it or, you know, ask, you know, what is it that they can do to get into the business or it, it's a, it should honestly be a good feeling for anyone in this business when they have people come up to them and, you know, want to talk to them and want pictures and autographs, but at the same time remain humble about it. You know what I mean? Because sometimes it can get to people's head, and it should get it shouldn't get to anyone's head. Um, I I love it. I love when people come up and talk to me, and that's the one thing about um, being. Because typically, ninety ninety five percent of the places that I go to, I'm I'm a heel. Um, I I don't know why. You know, maybe because I, I'm straight faced and they're like, hmm. She looks like she could be a badass, so we're we're gonna you know make her heal. Um, but I'm I am so easy to talk to, you know what I mean? And that's what that's probably the biggest thing about being a heel that makes me nervous is the fact of I want people to come up and talk to me and don't be scared to talk to me because there have been plenty of times after shows I would go out and do autograph signings and they're like little kids like kind of standing back. They want to talk to me, but they're probably like, oh, she is probably mean. And so all of a sudden I have to like smile really big for them and be like, hey, come here, <laughs> you know, come over here. You know, so I got to like switch over gears. I was like, I promise, uh, you know, I'm a good person, <laughs> blah, blah, You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, I was about to ask you that too because like a lot of people tend to uh, feel in, in a way, not social media wise, but they tend to say, "Hey, uh, when you're a heel, be a heel." Like Kevin Owens is very famous for it. Uh, Kevin or when Kevin Steen, when he was in the Independent, when he would go out there and be a heel, he also be a heel after the show. In, in your case, you love being a heel. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. you love to interact after the show because, like you said, you're 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 just humble that way. People pay money to yeah. see you, and you're very humble for the fans who come to see you. So, 
does that ever affect you as also a character as far as the heel side? I would I would hope not. Um, it's I don't know. It's, it's I, I don't know if people because there are times where I go places and the crowd is split on me in a sense of. Yeah, I'm I'm a bad guy. I'm beating up your good guy. But then, you know, you have those fans that are just like, yeah, we like the ass kicker, blah, blah, You know, nowadays it's almost, it's kind of hard to tell. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I would, I would hope that, you know, but honestly, like, I, I would like for people to boo me, like, during the, like, show and stuff. Like, boo me. I'm a bad guy. You know what I mean? But after the show, yeah. come up, talk to me. Because that's just, I, I don't want people to think necessarily that's who I really am. I don't, you know, some people say, yeah, when you're a heel, stay heel. But I feel like I love that crowd. I love that fan interaction. So. Well, well, if, I'm going to vouch for you here, Ms. Uh, Robin, and be like, Hey, WWE, who's a major mainstreamer, you know, and they send out these heels to do these meet and greets. Kevin Owens does them and interacts with these fans. And I remember going to a meet and greet when Sheamus was a heel and the guy was taking cat selfies with, with fans. You know, it, it's not a bad thing because I think your boy said best, um, a.k.a. Paul the best. He said it best that mm-hmm. not, wrestling has evolved from this, hey, we're pitching you a story, like the ultimate Papa Shango situation, to a mm-hmm. now stage of reality where the fans have grown smarter. Now they know what's going yeah. on in and mm-hmm. out of the ring. So, so might as well just do your part and then be with the fans later. Yeah, exactly. At, at least that's exactly. What so, no, that, that's, that's not even how I saw it because – I remember watching an interview with him, and he, that's what he said. Hey, fans are not dumb anymore. They're not the 1980s, 1990s fans that we we had before. Now they know what's yeah. happening. Somehow they know. So we've entered yeah, a reality. Media, social media plays a huge part in that simply because, yeah, like you said that Kevin Owens, you know, formerly known as Kevin Steen, was saying, you know, when you're a heel, be a heel. But – even he gets cheered, you know what I mean? Because people, they, they see, you know, he'll crack wise jokes on people online and different things like that. It's like fans nowadays, they're, they're, they're not dumb. Like, that's absolutely correct. They're not dumb. So it's like if they see that you're, in your, you're posting pictures of family, you know, you're putting all that stuff out there, it's just like, oh, okay, well, they're probably pretty cool, blah, blah, blah. You know, social media plays a huge part in um, – the wrestling business today. Well, does, has social media also helped you and your career, uh, Ms. Robin? Because, like you're saying, yes, it's helped the wrestling business, but has it helped your career? Because I know it's, it's to me, it's like an opportunity to promote yourself more out there now that, now, it, because nowadays, and don't get me wrong, I'm not a worker, but tell me if I'm right or wrong on this. Uh, like, before, it used to be, hey, if you want to get a hold of me for booking inquiries, tell me. Now it's, nowadays, bookers, like, from independent companies uh, all over the world and wrestlers are now via social media and they're messaging and be like, hey, are you available on so-and-so date? 
So has social media helped out wrestlers too? Yes, uh, big time, big time. Um, because I would, I know a couple months ago I said one little comment. I can't remember exactly what it was. And I talked, it was about bookings or something. And me just appreciating, like, the bookings that I had been receiving and things like that. And then literally uh, within five to ten minutes later, I had two or three promotions in my inbox. Hey, can you work here? You know, what do you think about coming here? You know, so it helped a lot. Um, it definitely helps fans or or friends or family or whoever make sure they're keeping up with you because it's like you, you can go on there, you can promote yourself, this is where I'm going to be this weekend, I'm going to be here next weekend, and this is what I got going on. So, yeah, it's definitely helped me a lot. Um, in my opinion, it's easier to contact a lot of the promotions uh, like through like the Facebooks or the Twitters or I'm still a lame though because I don't have an Instagram account and I swear I'm gonna get one. I've been saying that for a long time. <laughs> Santana Garrett actually got on to me like when I first met her. She was like, "You need to get on Instagram." She was like, "Why are you not on Instagram?" And so it's just everyone's been like, "Hey, Instagram." And so I'm like, I'm not good at selfies, you know. She was like, you don't have to selfies all the time. So I've been working on my selfie game, so I'm getting a little bit better. So I'll, I'll probably get on. <laughs> well, I, I, now I know what to buy you next time I see you, Miss Robin. I'm buying you a selfie stick. But uh, so, make it oh, easier. God, I, oh, God. <laughs> but, uh, but basically, Miss Robin, you mentioned Facebook. You mentioned Twitter. Let's get you a royalty check. Which one do you like better, Twitter or Facebook? <laughs> Say that again. Which one do you like? Let's get you a royalty check. Uh, which one do you like better, uh, Facebook or, or Twitter? Uh, Facebook. There you go. Facebook, you owe her a royalty check. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, basically, no, like, you mentioned good points as far as the, the booking is concerned on social media and so on and so forth. Now, mind you, you're not just a wrestler, but you're also a fitness. Uh, you're um, you're into the fitness world. Uh, you you don't not just to get in shape for your wrestling matches because that's that's one thing I don't understand that wrestlers is not just a weekend war. It's a seven day a week thing where you guys go out there and train. But um, but you also do. Uh, Basically, you, you do fitness outside of pro wrestling. Have you ever said, hey, uh, maybe if my fitness career takes off, maybe the wrestling will be part-time like how The Rock is doing, John Cena, uh, the acting took off for them, so now wrestling is kind of part-time for them. Do you, do you feel like if the fitness one day takes you know, control, that wrestling could be a part-time or you'll never leave pro wrestling? I mean, at some point, like, you know, I don't, I honestly don't want to be like 50 or 60. No disrespect to those that are doing it, but I don't want to be 50 <laughs> or 60 wrestling. You know, I, I would like to eventually like settle down and like have a family and things like that. Um, but at this, like, wrestling, like, that is like my, I have tunnel vision, you know, with the whole wrestling thing. Fitness is a, is a definitely, a, I feel it's, it's a very important thing to be fit in this business. And here's the biggest misconception. 
because um, people will learn this fast. People think that because a ring is only, we'll say on average, 16 by 16 or 18 by 18, um, mm-hmm. that they think they don't need a lot of cardio. That is not true. <laughs> that, like, <laughs> if you go in and you try to have a five-minute match and you are out of shape, you are going to be what we like to call blown. You are going to be blown up. Like, you're going to look like you're just fighting just to make it to the end of the match. So cardio, uh, ring cardio is a little bit different than just going to the gym and doing that kind of cardio. You know what I mean? So, But fitness is very important. And, uh, like, just taking care of yourself, period. Because you don't want to be in there and you don't want to end up getting sick. I've seen that happen to, you know, a couple of people. And it's just like fitness is very important when you're trying to get into this business in particular, especially if it's something that you take seriously. Well, well, mind you, uh, have, have you done fitness modeling yourself also, Ms. Robin? Have you done my master? Uh, no, I just go to the gym a lot. So I don't necessarily, like, I've uh, thought about it, but I, I just don't have the time. Like, I'm, I'm traveling pretty much every weekend, and I'm, like, just in between flights. And I know that's when a lot of fitness competitions are, like, on the weekend. Uh, um, I do... I do try to get out to those, like the expos and things like that, because I know Houston has, like, a ton of them. I think they have one coming up in a couple of weeks that I'll probably try to end up going to. I'm a huge Dana Bailey fan. I don't know if anybody's familiar with her in the fitness world, but she is just like, oh, my God. Like, she's awesome. She is, she's amazing. Dana Bailey. Um, well, my, Dana Bailey. Well, my well, mind you, the uh, WWE also even used to have their, their – uh, their fitness uh, back in actually the days I grew up watching WWF at that time uh, that they had the that's how Lex Luger actually was introduced to the WWE universe back then. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so it's not something that's kind of like a stranger to the wrestling world that wrestlers need to be fitness like enough. Now that you mentioned Dana, like I almost talk about Dana Brooke and Bailey from WWE, but no. It, I just looked her up, a uh, fitness uh, model slash uh, fitness guru, Dana Bailey. But mm-hmm. uh, Dana, another one who was a lot into fitness. She was a fitness model, and she's a world-class uh, weightlifter. So basically, it, it's, it's something that is proven is a success in the pro wrestling world, like to make sure that you continue to train uh, cardio, like you were mentioning, weights, et cetera. Uh, so, and, and I agree with you 100% about the whole 16 by 16 and do your cardio thing. I 100% agree mm-hmm. with you on that. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, I, I've seen it happen. I've seen sometimes when I'm as a fan and I'm there watching the match and I could say, oh, this guy looks like he's blowing up. Like, I, yeah, I have, have you ever been in... And... Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead. No, no, ladies first. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, that's something that Booker is huge on, is making sure you 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 have that ring cardio and then making sure you don't look tired. Because I remember the first time I really got into the training here, like when I first got here, and it was towards the end of the match, and I was just looking at him just breathing hard. He was like, see, he was like, you're tired. He was like, you, you can't look like that. 
he was like, you have to catch your second wind at a sec- at a certain point. And he was like, in order for it to be believable, otherwise you're gonna it's gonna look so bad. So yeah, hmm. it's it's very important. Uh, have you ever been in a situation where you had to be in the ring with someone blowing up yourself, or have you ever had that experience? Um. Hmm. Like I just want to know because how how do how do you guys uh. How do you guys work with that? Like, how, how can you enable that? Because I know that, like, when, okay, because going back to what we were talking about before, like, Russ, uh, fans are not dumb anymore. If you mistake, they'll let you know. Look, look at the ECW crowd or independent crowds nowadays. They start chanting, you effed up every time something happens. But mm-hmm. it, it kind of raises the pressure for you guys a lot more. So it's like, okay, I have, I have this all planned in my head. Like, as far as a matter, I go out there and my opponent is either blowing up or, or did a mistake that was not supposed to happen the way I planned it. So then it builds that pressure on you. So, like, mm-hmm. advice question. How, how do you guys work with that? How can you fix a situation like that? Oh, how can you fix from not looking so blown up? <laughs> Just yeah. a lot, a lot of, a lot of training. A lot of training will prep your body for the work that you do in the ring. Um, drills, having um, if you can do like some matches during training, um, so your body gets used to, either, you know the the. the speed or the pace or anything like that, that's the best way that you can prevent yourself from really blowing up in the ring is to do that ring cardio, do those drills, go over those rolls, go, you know, run the ropes, uh, circle up, do do those things and time yourself, you know, uh, increase the time. Like, you know, you'll see if you can go a minute just straight circling up without getting tired. If you can go two minutes and you know what I mean? Because that's the best way that you're going to prepare yourself for doing, um, for having a match in the ring. And that's some good advice. And, and folks, for anyone listening, if you're in wrestling school right now, some good advice being pitched to you by Ivory Robin, uh, the Black Diamond. Now, now, mind you, now that I was talking about pressure also, uh, you're now part of the Elevate Pro roster. Uh, a brand new organization in Louisiana, and as a matter of fact, you were crowned their first ever women's champion. So, and this this company is already making waves all over that state. Mm-hmm. And and, yeah. and mind you, they decided to give you the, the the honor of holding their championship for the first time, being the first woman. How, how does that feel, man? Like it, I could. I never held a championship when I was a worker, but I could only mm-hmm. imagine the honor it is to be like, hey, I'm the first champion, because that's going to be going down in history. Harry Robin was yeah, my first I, champion. Yeah. The more you say it, the more I kind of get like, uh, you, you got me in the fields right now. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> when he told, told me you that, this was like, because <laughs> whenever I'm a – because I've been in this business for a while now. 
And with wrestling, anything can change. Anything can happen. So come the day of the show, uh, we talked about we talked about it for a little bit before. And uh, come the day of the show, I'm just like, okay, something can change. You know, you never know something could end up being different or whatnot. And so I'm standing there talking, and they're walking over towards me with, you know, with the strap, and I see it out of the corner of my eye, and I'm like, I really don't want to touch it right now. Please don't make me touch it right now because I feel like this is too good to be true. They were like, we need to, you know, take some pictures and blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, I don't want to, like, you know, because I'm just like, I don't believe it. Like, I'm still, I am still not going to believe this. Until that that bell rings for the end of that match, and I'm you know my hands raised with the the title in my hand, and it's such to me, it it was perfect because the name of the show was called Redemption. Um, I held the champion the women's championship here at Reality of Wrestling, uh, the end of 2015, beginning of 2016, and in that championship match, I broke my wrist. I was able to continue. I don't know, pure adrenaline, I think, carried me. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, I didn't know what was going to happen. I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to have to instill uh, plates in my wrist. Like, I, I, I screwed up. I'd never broken anything in my life, and I snapped my wrist. And uh, had to go in for surgery, so I'm just lying there, and I'm just like, I, I don't know what's going on. Had a match after, like, um, two or three months later, and it was just, it was not good. And I had the ring rust. My, I was going to training, but I was sitting there, so they were like, no, you're not going to get in the ring. You got a cast on. You know, you got a pin sticking out of your arm right now, and you got to be careful. So I would do, like, I would do what I could. And so I had a little bit of mm-hmm. ring rust, and it just wasn't a good match. And I'm like, oh, my God, like. Everybody, you know, hates me because it's just I, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm just like, no, I'm going to go out. Once I'm healed up, I'm going to travel. I'm not going to have another match like this, blah, blah, blah. And I wasn't expecting to get this championship, like, you know, because I was just like, that's fine. You know, I just enjoy wrestling here. I, I love the Elevate family. They're amazing. And, um it had been a long time since I, I held the championship, and I'm just like, I don't even know if I'm ever going to hold one again. Like, you know, I but I don't care. I just want to wrestle and get that experience going. And then the guy came up to me and was just like, okay, we're going to make you our women's champion. And I'm like, what? I was like, holy, <laughs> holy shit, excuse my language. But, you know, I was, I was, I, it was, it was, that's an amazing feeling, like, you don't understand, and I feel like that was the perfect for me to get that feeling of, like, I can do this, you know, there's a reason for me to do this, you know, people, they have faith in me, like, like people are actually, like, they have faith in me, so that, to me, that was perfect, that was a perfect setting for me, it was, it was called redemption, and that's just, that's just how I felt. It was to me. It was just perfect. Well, Ms. Robin, I apologize if you know you felt waterworks, you know, coming out there. I apologize, and I apologize in advance for this question. But this is Uh-oh. your that that story was just too inspiring to not ask this question. 
So, so I apologize in advance. I don't mean to make. Remember, <laughs> I, we had this talk. I told you, hey, laugh, and and if crying happens, it's for good. But basically, um, I have to ask. You started at four years old, watching wrestling, watching Ultimate Warrior, Papa Shango, getting into the stories. You like every other fan, like me, six years old. I cried when I entered the ring for the first time. Sure, I never held a championship, but I cried when I first entered. That was my dream. But this four-year-old girl watching Papa Shango and Ultimate Warrior, years later, you end up winning the first ever Elevate Pro Women's Championship. And on top of that, also part of Booker T's Reality of Wrestling Women's Championship. And all of that, what in the world, in your mind, can you tell your old self right now? Because just, just hearing this is like, shoot, if I could turn back time and tell me my, my six, like if I still had the mind of a six-year-old boy right now, I'll be like, hey, Hulk Hogan, and I'll still keep on ripping my shirt in front of the TV pretending like I was him. But and, yeah. and never did I think I'll be a wrestler. Never. I honest to God never thought I was going to be a wrestler. I thought I wasn't going to make it. I could only imagine being at four years old. What, what can you tell your old self right now as far as, like, how far you've made it in this business? Oh, man, let me see. I would tell myself, because I was, I was bullied as a kid because I was different. You know, I like different things. Um, oh, wow. I would, I, I, you know, I hate you because I actually have a tear coming down my face right now, so thanks. <laughs> me 
And so that's what I would tell my younger self and just what I would tell people nowadays trying to get into this business. Man, that and that's truly inspiring. I, I would assume that's also why you wear the camouflage because it's kind of like you're not only going to war with the person you're stepping in the ring with, but you're also going to war with the all your past uh, negative, you know, attacks that you had, per se. Because it, 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 one thing I, I understood uh, when I was in General TC, camouflage was kind of like that symbol of... I'm going to fight. You know, I'm going out there and mm-hmm. I'm going to defend my country. Like, no matter actually yeah. any kind of uniform you wore in the army, it would be going out there to defend my country. But uh, the class A uniform, I'm not going to lie there. The class A was too formal. But basically, um, I felt like when I saw you, I'm like, camouflage, I, I don't see it on, on women's wrestling nowadays. Like, I, I don't see it, period. Mm-hmm. So she must be using that to symbolize, hey, I'm going to war. So, you know, and and mind you, go ahead. Um, yeah, that, and then also, I, I, you know, I do, I'm a, I'm a strong, I'm a very big military fan, and then also, I, I honestly got the idea from my dad, because my dad is retired Navy of, uh, 22 or 23 years, I forgot, uh, 22 or 23 years, and so I was asking him. I'm like, Dad, does the Navy do camo? He was like, Yeah, you know, they, you know, they do the camo blue and stuff like that. So I'm just like, Okay, my next year is going to be camo blue just for you. So. Oh my God. Um, also have a, yeah, and so that's kind of where my whole stick comes from, like the whole military, because it's like I respect it. Even though I'm a bad guy, like, I respect the hell out of the military because if it weren't for them, I know for sure I wouldn't be able to do this. You know what I mean? I I wouldn't be able to, you know, wear the kind of outfit that I wear and do what I want to do. So to me, that's my tribute to not not only my dad, my other family members and my friends and just people like in the military just period you know it's it's it symbolizes my tribute to them because i'm thanking them well i'm pretty sure that like all the great army personnel retired or still active working uh defending our country uh, if anyone heard that i'm pretty sure they're a hundred percent very as a matter of fact Getting uh, some messages here on my chat room saying thank you, Robin. Thank you, Robin. And it's like you're you, that right there caught the eye of a lot of people. And, and look, even someone saying Happy Memorial Day to your dad, Robin. Uh, so that that's uh, yeah. So basically, that caught the eye of many many people. And, and uh, on a personal level, like and this is a shoot. Okay, this is not even journalist to wrestler. This is now friend to friend. I want to say thank you very much for your your services to your dad uh, for everything he did to thank defend you. our country. Yeah, my, was, my pleasure. Um, if I could like just tell you a really quick story, um, a couple of weeks ago, I, um, like a week ago, and I was in Oklahoma, uh, about to have a championship match for their women's title, um. And I was doing a meet and greet, and I was talking to the fans and things like that. And this woman came up to me, um, 
and she was just she she kept hugging me and I you know I was hugging her back and she was talking to me she was like I just giving me such strong encouraging words and she told me that her husband had passed away like a month prior he passed away in April I believe April 12th is what she said and she was like he was in the military for I think she said 20 years and she said he wow. passed away from a heart attack. And she said, is there any way, because she was like, I know you, you do the whole military thing. She said, can you dedicate your match to my husband? She was like, my, she was like, my son's going to be here as well. I'm going to be here. And she was like, I'm going to be here to, to watch you get the championship. She was like, kick her ass, you know. So I'm like, I'm all excited. I'm like, yeah, definitely. So, so when I got to the back before I went out, I wrote my dad's name on one hand and then I wrote her husband's name on the other hand and I showed it to the camera because they filmed there as well and as I'm walking around the ring I see her and I like put my hand up and I pointed to it and I was like you know letting her know that it was right there and then after the match I ended up winning and I went over and I was you know hitting everybody's hands because I'm a face at this promotion so I went over and I hugged her, and she almost didn't let me go. I was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so to hear things like that, to hear things like that is just, it's, it's so awesome. I'm just like, this is what keeps me in it. Because wrestling honestly has its moments where you're just like, why am I doing this? And then you have those fans that are just like, I love you. I appreciate you. You are a good role model. Thank you for being somebody positive, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this is why I'm doing it. This is why I'm still here. You know, so that was my little story. So. <laughs> oh, and, and, and you almost got me crying, damn you. It, was that revenge? <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, the amazing, amazing story. And, and I would have, man, that, that must, like, drive you so much, like, motivation-wise. Like, when people go up to you and be like, Hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Uh, like in in a good way. I mean, like uh, yeah. that drive was already up there. But when you have situations like that, and they say, "Can you dedicate this, your match to your to my husband?" It, it just brings that up higher, like both emotionally and professionally. So mm-hmm. I, I, good lord, man, I can't I can't even imagine being in your shoes right now <laughs> in, in that situation. Yeah. Well, Ms. Robin, we have run out of time, but I do want to have a part two with you because this is definitely like one of those interviews that I know we barely touched on as we should have. So we should have a part two with you coming up soon, if that's okay. That would be amazing. <laughs> Uh, Ms. Robin, uh, before you go, let's do some contacts uh, real quick. How can fans follow you on social media, Facebook, Twitter? I know you don't do Instagram yet, so I won't. Uh, (laughs) How can can, (laughs) – yes, I just did a Santana Garrett on you right now. Um, How can bookers get a hold of you? (laughs) Don't worry. I'm buying you a selfie stick. Next time I see you here in Florida, I'm buying you a selfie stick. Once I see you on the flyer, I'm like, I'm going to go to the mall. I'm buying a selfie stick. I'm going to, I'm going to wrap it up for her, give it to her in her hand, and be like, here you go. Merry, I don't know, early Christmas, <laughs> early birthday, whatever. 
and look for a selfie together. Your first selfie, we'll do it together. But uh, all right. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but but Ms. Robin, uh, how can uh, bookers get a hold of you for any inquiries? And where can the fans catch you next time? Okay, um, on Facebook, they can look me up at um, Robin Reed, uh, R-O-B-Y-N-R-E-I-D. Um, on Twitter, it is Ivory Robin Rowe. Um, yeah, yeah. I would I would give an email, but honestly, I don't really check my email because like I'm a, I'm more so on Facebook. So definitely like hit me up on Facebook for sure. Awesome. Well, again, Ms. Robin, I thank you so very much for your here today. Uh, we're like I said, we're definitely going to schedule a part two with you because I know for a fact that there were some things that we didn't get to touch, but we'll schedule part two and we'll go from there. All right. Thank you so much for having me. No, it's my pleasure, Ms. Robin. Thank you very much for your time and, and some good, like, 30, 40 minutes to us. Uh, I know you guys, uh, wrestlers' time is very, very limited uh, because of your training and so forth, but I thank you so very much for giving us time. All right. Y'all have a good one. All right. You too, Ms. Robin. Thank you. Have a great night. And happy right. Memorial Day. Bye. You Bye. too. Bye. All right. Guys, that was Ms. Ivory Robin. What a fantastic young lady she is. I, I can't I can't complain about her at all. But, guys, uh, we're about done here. Make sure you tune in next week as we're back next week on Monday at 6 p.m. Uh, we're going to have good old Jay Reels of Team Lucha on the show next week. And then next Tuesday we're going to have a special edition episode uh, basically re- uh, going into – uh, of course, you have rolled the dice when I have special guest co-host, of course, Chad Mines on the show, and we're going to be breaking down the entire show for you next Tuesday right here on, on Russell City Radio, and of course, special interview with David Adams, the, the, the actual announcer uh, from up there. But yes, we're going to be going for here tonight. Thank you so very much for everyone who tuned in, and guys... Have a good night, and enjoy the rest of your Memorial Day, and enjoy WWE Raw. Good night, folks. Thank you all for joining us. Remember to come back next Monday at 6 p.m. right here on Block Talk Radio, and get your dose of reality check.